welcome to Rebels Revisited. I'm your host, Johnny Orman. Today, we're taking a look at the Season 3 finale. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking Zero Hour, Parts 1 and 2. Yes, in the background, you can hear a pair of kittens running around like crazy cats. So, I hope that's alright. So... Oh, hello, Lily. Lily's part of the show, too. Yes, 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 I know. I know, the kittens are playing. Okay. So, Zero Hour Part 1. Thrawn calls a meeting between Admiral Constantine, Governor Price, and Governor Tarkin, and himself on Lothar. Um, Callus uses an MSE droid to uh, listen in to what's going on. And Thrawn talks about how he knows that um, two rebel cells are looking to work together. And their target is most likely the Thai factory on Lothal. Um, the only thing he doesn't know is where they are meeting. Uh, so Callus goes to Ezra's older... Um, the the tower that he lived in at the beginning of season one to send a message as fulcrum but he is interrupted when thrawn arrives blocking his signal and basically turns around and says yeah i know you're the spy so um come with us there's a fight and thrawn beats callus and using the uh, the signal that Kallus was using, plus the trajectory of General Dodonna's um, fleet, he cross-references and finds Atalon using... Even though Kallus has removed it from the Imperial Archives, uh, old art from the Sector pinpoints a planet there. So back on back on Atalon, the the rebels get the Callus's message about Thrawn knowing. Um, but it's too late as General Dodonna's fleet arrive. And not long after that, the Imperial fleet arrives. And the Chimera follows shortly after. Um the Phoenix Squadron that is above the planet as well as Dodonna's group try and take on the uh, Imperial Blockade, but they are stopped by a pair of Interdictor cruisers. Um, the uh, the Ghost crew go on separate go their separate ways. Kanan goes to find help from the Bendu, whilst Hera, Zeb and Rex take the ghost to help Phoenix Squadron, whilst Ezra takes the Gauntlet Fighter to go find help. Um the Bendu pretty much says that he's not gonna help Kanan that the battles that they're going to be fighting are petty, the war is petty, and there's only, you know, the middle side of the force that he should be caring about. In the end, Kanan calls him a coward, and Bendu disappears into a big puff of cloud. Meanwhile, above the planet, 
the battle rages on. Um, the rebels are basically getting their uh, rear ends handed to them. And to so that Ezra can escape, so Ezra can get off planet and find help. Um, Commander Sato orders that the uh, the cruiser carrier is um, abandoned, and him and two pilots take the cruiser and they head towards the blockade. Whilst Constantine takes his interdictor, even though he's been ordered by Thrawn to stay in position, um, that desire for glory of the kill gets too much of Constantine, and he um, intercepts Sato's ship, and at the last second, Sato has the pilots turn the ship, and they collide with the interdictor, which allows um, Ezra to get past the blockade, whilst the rest of the rebel fleet uh, heads back to the planet. And it's all part of Thrawn's plan. Them to get back to the planet so that they can bombard the planet and wipe them all out. So that's the first part of uh, Zero Hour. And it... I mean... This is like the big setup for like the final battle. And this episode has got some epic battles um battle of athlon like the the space battle is so well done um you know the animators had a hell of a time must have had a hell of a time kind of creating their own version of say the battle of endor um you know you've got um really dynamic shots uh with like the ship zipping around each other um You've got Y-Wings and A-Wings taking on TIE Fighters. Um, You've got the Medical Frigate and Imperial Transports. um, As well as Blockade Runners. All there. You know, it's like... This is like a ship enthusiast's dream, this episode. And it works so well. The, um, like, Sato Sacrifice, you up until you know you you don't know it's coming up until he's like right everyone abandoned ship and he stays there and it's like okay it's going down and like Hera well the ghost crew will see it uh, with the exception of Kanan because he's on planet talking to Bendu um it's uh it's a really the, the whole episode is incredibly effective and it is essentially setting up episode two because episode two is like the like the second part i'm going to talk more about the second part in a minute but there it's like the second part takes this takes the events of this one and just increases it tenfold for me and it's just a really well done thing and this episode is so well done um it's uh it's great fun to watch it's a great story and you know we get more bendu we finally see thrawn's plan starting to come to fruition that he's been plotting all season you know this he's been planning this essentially from 
the first episode of this season and boy does a, they do a great job of kind of putting all those pieces together um we also get the introduction of hot callus um after he takes a takes the beating from Thrawn, some of Callus's hair, well slicked normally well slicked back hair falls in front of his face and despite the bruises and the general look of fear on his face throughout this episode, Callus has become hot callus. <laughs> and um you know, you get you know, it's like the it's like in Return of the Jedi when you know, Luke is wearing his dark, the all-black outfit, and then after his fight with Vader, there's that flap that hangs down that just gives that little bit of colour to show that, you know, after he's he's been toying with the... Sorry, one of the cats found the bell toy. Um, you know, you know the, that, that patch of colour on his, on his tunic kind of represents that he's turning away from the dark side and Luke's been towing the dark side line all all the way through the film up until that moment um and this is kind of like that symbol for callus you know his well-groomed well you know perfectly slicked back hair and everything that was the imperial you know his the, the imperial way is is slipping and we're, it's like oh look his hair's getting floppy must be turning good now. And of course, I mean, Callus has been on the, you know, he's been a, a spy for this whole season. But, you know, he's, you know, he's still been a cog in the Imperial machine. But now he's, you know, he's been found out and he can let the facade go. And you see that, and, you know, that's perfectly represented with the with the hair falling down in front of his face. Um, So we're going to jump into episode two in just a second. So I will be... uh, uh, There won't be a break for you guys, but um, here we go. Zero Hour Part Two. And we're back with part two of Zero Hour. Oh, sorry. So the episode starts out with... uh, Basically, the rebel command on Athlon. Hi, Lily. Um, trying to figure out the best course of opera of you know what to do. Um, Zeb and Rex managed to power up the shield generator. Lily's here, everyone. They managed to power up the shield generator that Sabine stole on Geonosis. Um, ow! Just headbutted something. Um, just in time for Thrawn to start a bombardment of the planet, uh, focusing on the rebel base. Um, they all, he also fires down near where Kanan is on his way back to the base. Kanan gets uh, thrown off of his speeder bike, and the speeder bike is destroyed. Uh, but when he gets up, he turns around and there's a giant, ominous-looking cloud behind him. Uh, Thrawn sends down ground troops after the bombardment, almost takes out the shield. Um, and the first wave are dist- well, pretty much destroyed by Rex and Zeb by using mines in a, in like a, kind of a valley. 
and uh, uses a rocket launcher and that takes out the first wave of ATDPs. Uh, but Thrawn then sends in um, AT-80s to uh, finish the job. Um, ground forces also attack and the um, the rebels try and hold them off for as long as possible. Kanan reaches the base and joins in the fray. Um, but they end up being surrounded um, in the base by Thrawn and his death troopers and uh, other forces. After the shield is destroyed, and Thrawn is able to land closer to them. Meanwhile, Ezra has reached... Uh, Clan Wren's base of operations and has pleaded their case and in the end despite their best interests Ursa Ren agrees to send Sabine and a few ships and any warriors who are willing to go and their plan is to take is for them to take on out the interdictor um, which is blocking uh, the rebel fleet's escape through hyperspace um, so that the fleet can get away past the blockade uh, so the Mandalorians, including Ezra and Chopper, show up and they begin their attack on the Interdictor. Um, meanwhile, the evil-looking cloud um, that turns out to be uh, Bendu, in all of his angry wisdom, um, starts attacking using uh, lightning and causing a distraction long enough for... Phoenix Squadron to get into their ships and escape. Um, not that he's trying to help them or anything. In fact, uh, Bendu's actually trying to take out Kanan as well. <laughs> but he takes out more of the Imperial forces as the rebels flee. Um, and as they leave the planet, Thrawn commands his forces to fire into the centre of the storm where there are two... Uh, where it looks like the gap in the clouds and the sun's coming through, but it's actually the Bendu's eyes. And with the concentrated blaster fire, they hit uh, Bendu, and he falls from the sky. Meanwhile in space, um, they manage to destroy the interdictor. Um, Callus annoys um, Governor Price just enough for her to have him thrown from the airlock. Um, but he manages to subdue his uh, Stormtrooper guards and gets into an escape pod, which uh, Hera picks up. And they, you know, uh, the Phoenix Squadron manages to escape um, with General Dodonna and Callus um, with them, as well as some very helpful Mandalorians. So, this, this episode really, you know, this is the culmination of Thrawn's season-long plan. This is it, the ground attack on Atalon. Um, he's found the rebels, uh, he knows that he's basically got two rebel cells working together, and this is a perfect opportunity to attack. He's already had one win in this battle, and that's having the rebels go to ground they can't escape even though uh, Ezra manages to escape he's he's able to bring it back and the you know the rebels are stuck um 
honestly, if it weren't for the Bendu X Machina that occurs, Thrawn would have won. This isn't a defeat of Thrawn. This is, this is ba basically Thrawn planned this to a T. And, you know, he just, what he can't do is he can't, you know, he, he's got all of the information at hand. He's got, he knows the strengths and the weaknesses of Fiona Squadron. He knows the strengths and weaknesses of every member of the Ghost crew. Um, you know, he knows General Dodonna. He knew enough about um, Commander Sato. All of these people, all of their, their weaknesses and their, you know, their strengths. Thrawn knows them and he was able to put this battle together and win at every step the only thing that stopped him was it wasn't tactics it wasn't you know it wasn't people it was the mysticism of the force um and he can't control that variable that's something that he just hasn't got an ability to control you know and with Bendu showing up and doing what he did, it really knocked Thrawn for six. And Bendu's final words to Thrawn were just uh, just fantastic. Where he turned, where Bendu turns to Thrawn and says, "I see, I see your defeat, like a thousand arms, cold, crushing and cold around you." And it's this. You sit there going, "What does this mean?" Of course, no spoilers, but we find out. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil how we find out, but we find out. And again, it's something that Thrawn can't compute. And in one of those rare moments where he loses it, he fires on Bendu. And Bendu disappears, but you can hear his laughter echoing. And it's like, okay, Bendu knows. Um, Callus is escaped. Now, I'll be honest, I'll be very, very honest. Part of me was disappointed when I first watched this episode because I was half expecting someone to die. Um, and we do, we do lose Commander Sato in the first part, but it, like the odds were so stacked against them, um, the odds were so stacked against everyone in this episode. It felt like someone could go. Um, now, would I have been upset that Callus went? Actually, I think Callus, if Callus was killed in these episodes, in this finale it wouldn't have been a bad thing because I feel that moving forward Callus becomes incredibly underused um, once we get into season 4 and I think him losing here would have been or his you know his death here in a, in a moment of sacrifice maybe would have probably benefited the series um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Callus in season four, but I kind of wanted. I kind of, and I'll probably go through this more uh, as as I go through season four. But I feel like we could have had more of him, and 
but we just don't get it. Um, but yeah, it just it kind of feels like you know this could have been a really good way for him to go out on top. Um, I mean, they couldn't. You couldn't lose Kanan yet. You couldn't lose. Sabine yet, and Sabine comes back, you know, this is like the episode where they bring Sabine back into the, into the fold, um, but at the end she says, you know, I need to go back to my people, you know, could this have been the last we see of Sabine, well, given that the first two episodes of season four are based on Mandalore, no, you can't get rid of Sabine just yet, um, at this point we already know that Hefra survives because we we hear her name drop in um, Rogue One and we see the ghost in Rogue One um, and Chopper of course which are all set long after this episode, long after this season finishes and you know you ain't gonna get Ezra killed off, you ain't gonna kill off um, Zeb and the way that Filoni has been really pushing for Rex to be part of the Battle of Endor. Um, you kind of get the feeling that Rex ain't going anywhere either. So, Callus felt like, it felt like Callus would be the one to go. Um, is it a missed opportunity? I don't know, I don't think so. But at the same time, I really think it would have... Because, I, you know, in the end, where his character ends up, is really good for the character, but you know it. It would have added weight to this episode, and even though like you get to the point where it is a crushing defeat, you just don't feel like there's no, like nothing weighing them all down, um. And maybe, the loss of someone, would have, given it that weight. I mean, there's um. There's a really good line in this when Thrawn is bombarding uh, Athlon. Um, well, it's just after the bombardment and Hera tries to get in touch with him. And King goes, well, I guess Thrawn's actually trying to kill us now. Um, and it's a bit of a joke um, because all season Thrawn's played with them. Um, you know, and you're kind of like, this is the master tactician. You know, what's he waiting for? What's he waiting for? And we finally found out what he's waiting for in this, for, for this two-parter. So, it kind of is like, okay, right, so this, you know, the, the stakes are high now. Um, but, yeah, it's like, finally, okay, we've got some stakes here, but, uh, we have a, we have another season. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm really glad that they didn't, they didn't kill off Thrawn though, because I think Thrawn is a fantastic character, and I really love where they've gone with him in, not just Rebels, but in the, um, the novels as well, so like, the three novels that kind of encompass Rebels, they kind of go on around Rebels, so the first book ends just not long before season three starts, then the second book, the 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 current timeline aspects of the books is set. Of course, it's set in both during the Empire era and also during the Clone Wars. Um, 
but the 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 stuff that's going on in the empire um era is happening after Atalon, but before he appears in season four of Rebels, and then the um the final Thrawn book in the in the kind of the current Thrawn trilogy um occurs during part way through season four as well so like Thrawn kind of appears part way through season four then goes off for a little bit and it's in that little bit that Thrawn then Thrawn treason happens uh, just before he comes back towards the end um, and kind of through all of that I think that the character of Thrawn is so well done, so well portrayed um, and so well written across all the mediums so uh, it's really cool having Thrawn in um, and having his story continue outside of the series and of course um in September we're getting a new Thrawn novel but set long before um anything that we've had re- had um in the last few years uh when he's uh, a cadet in the Chiss Ascendancy. Um so that sounds like it's gonna be an amazing read. Um but anyway we're talking about rebels. Um once again Kevin Kinder hits me with music. Um the music that uh, plays as the uh, rebels are escaping Athlon and you know, weaving through the Imperial blockade just is fantastic. And then as Kanan is walking through the ship at the end, kind of like walking past all these soldiers who are all looking incredibly defeated, everyone's like kind of feeling that they've lost. And uh, yeah, they have. Now this was this this was a big loss for them. And, you know, you can see it on all of their faces. And the only person who speaks to Kanan is uh, Callus, who says, you know, thank you for taking me in. And Kanan's just like, thank you for everything that you've given up. You risked everything. And then he goes and speaks to Ezra. And he's like, and Ezra's like, I, we've lost, you know, this is, this is terrible. And Kanan's like, well, I know you feel like you've lost. But, you know, I see a future where we're all free. You know, and we just got to get there. And it's a really nice moment that kind of... It's like the bookend of this two-parter. Because in the first part, you have Kanan and Ezra just, like, talking about how Kanan has been so influential. And, like, Ezra, like, thanks Kanan for everything. Like, his teaching and, you know, not just in the Force, but, you know, how to live life and it was that that kind of made me get you know it was that was like it felt like it was really kind of laying it on I wouldn't say thick but definitely there was a a good slab of hints that Kanan could die in these episodes because it felt like they were real that moment was like really like kind of like pressing it in there much like in um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the the film version, where they added, or like, they kind of really draw out the serious Black Harry Potter relationship, 
just for Sirius to die. Spoilers if you haven't seen Harry Potter or <laughs> anything. But, you know, it just felt like, you know, they were hamming it up. Ham like, throwing that relationship into your face to try and build it and build it and build it just for it to be torn away. And there was part of that that it felt like that was going to happen in Zero Hour. And it doesn't, of course. Um, but, yeah. In terms of season finales... Um, I mean, I, I love it. I love, I really do love it. Um, but I'm not sure if it, it, it kind of feels like it's the third, my third kind of favourite, maybe. Um, I mean, my favourite season finale of all time of Rebels will always be Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, and I think season four's finale, then three and then one and i'm not saying that the season one finale is terrible it's just you know in order like my ranking is two four three one um and you know but at the same time it's still bloody amazing um it's an absolute treat to watch i mean i watched them Back to, I watched the two episodes back to back and then watched part one and recorded and then watched part two and recorded and at no point, you know, sometimes, you know, when you like watch something and then you go back and watch it again, it just feels like, ugh, at no point do I feel that um, when doing this one. Uh, so, you know, that's a sign of, you know, I really do enjoy this. Um and it just it's they are two really two really good episodes um put together of course they're fantastic and you know you really feel the stakes this one i don't know what it is they like it's not even just feloni though is it it's like feloni and justin ridge they absolutely manage to you know season two and season three end on such down notes um you know but in like season two ends the season two ending is a down is a downer for the main characters you know like the the ghost crew but season three ends on such a downer for the rebels in total like season two is a very personal loss season three is this um is a loss of war, you know, this was a battle that they lost, numerous, numerous people died on, on the rebel side, you know, I mean, sure, quite a, a large number of imperials perished, but at the same time, they, they took out a hell of a lot of rebels, hell of a lot of rebel ships, so, you know, the, there is a definite feeling of loss, in, at the end of this episode and like I said earlier you just got to look at the faces of all of those soldiers that you go that Kanan walks by and you can see it you can see that loss so well it's so well uh, portrayed um, 
but gotta say it's a damn fine episode. Or well, damn fine two-parter. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. Um, so we've gone over half an hour on this one. This is really good. Um, loving it. Um, but I'm gonna put a pin in it now, and I'll be back next week with the first part of the season four coverage of Rebels Revisited. So, uh, getting excited. We're nearly at the end of Rebels. Um, and I've got a really good idea for where we're going to go after Rebels. But more on that later down the line. Um, but before I go, I would just like to thank all of you for your continued contributions to My Star Wars Life Debt. Uh, without you, your contributions, we wouldn't have half as, half as much stuff to write about and talk about. Um, so, thank you. And I wouldn't be recording with this rather lovely microphone in my hand without you guys either so thank you once again um and uh punch it chewy